chapter eighteen of monte cristo's daughter by edmund flagg this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eighteen more of peppino's story monte cristo was horrified by what he had heard his whole soul revolted at the idea of a father who could deliberately and in cold blood sell his daughter at the idea of a wretch who with equal deliberation could cast the blame of a villainy committed by himself upon an innocent man it had seemed very strange to the count at the time luigi vampa had written to him that the brigand chief should be so thoroughly posted in regard to the innocence of esperance and the guilt of the viscount massetti but in the light of the astounding revelations just made by peppino it became abundantly clear that vampa in the young italian's case had been actuated by the strongest possible motive namely the desire to shield himself and that in order to do so effectually he had not shrunk from the vilest and most complete falsehood of course vampa had not wished to inculpate esperance because of the old-time compact the relations that had subsisted between him and monte cristo in the past that was equally plain besides one victim was sufficient and in selecting massetti as that victim the brigand chief had evidently acted at the instigation of old pasquale solara peppino proceeded with his disclosures signor count said he i had long suspected that something was on the carpet between vampa and old solara the moody and morose shepherd did not at first come to the bandit's haunt but in response to a signal he used a peculiar vibrating whistle the chief would go out alone and meet him this signal and vampa's actions aroused my curiosity more than once i followed the chief and securely hidden behind a tree or a rock witnessed the secret meetings overhearing portions of the conversation annunziata solara was frequently mentioned and the father seemed to be endeavouring to drive a hard bargain with vampa at last one night they came to an understanding i heard the chief agree to pay old pasquale an enormous sum of money upon the delivery of annunziata into his hands and then i realized that the nefarious sale had been concluded it was decided that the ill-fated girl should be passed over to vampa at the first opportunity and that opportunity came when the viscount massetti and your son esperance were domiciled at the isolated cabin in the forest i was on the alert and when after assuring himself of the arrival of the two young men at his hut old pasquale sought the bandit's rendezvous and sounded his vibrating signal i heard it stealthily following vampa i concealed myself as i had done on previous occasions i was now thoroughly familiar with the details of the base transaction in progress between the precious pair and could readily comprehend even their most obscure and guarded allusions old solara informed the chief that the young men had arrived proposing that vampa should abduct annunziata at the earliest possible moment so arranging matters that suspicion would fall upon the viscount massetti this the chief agreed to do the shepherd was to keep him posted and the abduction was to take place when circumstances were best 
calculated to promote the success of all the phases of the villainous plot with this understanding the conspirators separated fate sided with old pasquale and vampa his wound kept the viscount at the cabin and the fair nunziata nursed him he had become smitten with her beauty the day he met her in the piazza del popolo intimate association with her intensified her influence over him and when he had been in the cabin nearly a week and convalescence had begun he made violent love to her even going so far as to ask her to fly with him esperance divined his friend's intentions and knowing that massetti could not marry the girl interposed to save her the result was a quarrel and your son challenged the viscount to fight him the challenge was instantly accepted and it was arranged that the duel should occur on the following morning faithful to his promise to vampa old solara while pretending to be absent from home lurked in the vicinity and kept track of all that was going on he was hidden beneath the open window when massetti or tonio as he called himself for both the viscount and esperance were passing under assumed names proposed flight to his daughter instantly he hastened to the brigand chief who had been prowling in the neighbourhood of the hut all day and gleefully communicated to him what he had heard it was immediately decided that the time for the abduction had come and preparations were made to carry off annunziata that very night vampa wrote a criminating letter to the girl purporting to come from massetti and old solara stealing unobserved into the hut placed it beneath his daughter's work-box on her table where she afterwards found it it was not for a moment supposed that the girl would consent to fly with the viscount for though gay and light-hearted she was pure and innocent the note was simply intended to fill annunziata's mind after the abduction with the idea that massetti was her abductor what shrewd far-seeing villainy muttered monte cristo between his teeth that night there was no moon continued peppino and after all the inmates of the cabin had retired to rest old pasquale waited outside with a torch while vampa made his way to annunziata's chamber tore her from her couch and carried her to the forest preventing her from giving the alarm by placing his hand over her mouth he was masked and the shepherd kept at such a distance that it was utterly impossible for his daughter to recognize him as vampa ran through the forest with his burden he struck his arm against a tree and the pain caused him to take his hand for a second from annunziata's mouth the poor girl profited by this opportunity to scream and her cry brought first her brother and then the viscount and then esperance to her aid the brother on reaching vampa attacked him fiercely dropping the girl who stood rooted to the spot the chief drew a pistol and fired at his assailant the latter was hit and staggered back the blood gushing from his wound somehow during the struggle vampa became unmasked and in the prevailing obscurity annunziata naturally imagined that the face suddenly uncovered and as quickly masked again was that of her suitor the so-called tonio having disposed of the brother who afterwards ran back towards the cabin met esperance rushed into his arms and then fell to the ground where he died the brigand chief seized annunziata who meanwhile had swooned and resumed his flight through the forest hearing the sound of further pursuit 
vampa paused in dismay and listened three persons seemed to be rapidly approaching the chief thereupon concealed the unconscious girl behind a huge fragment of rock and threw himself flat upon the ground hoping thus to escape observation as he did so he saw the glare of old solara's torch it flashed full in the face of a peasant a perfect stranger who had heard annunziata's cry and come to the rescue the shepherd had a knife in one hand he instantly cast away his torch and closed in desperate conflict with the newcomer at that moment the viscount came upon the scene moving as if to take the part of the stranger vampa leaped up grasped him by the throat and under the threat of instant death if he refused forced him to take an oath of silence in regard to the events of the night massetti was so bewildered that he scarcely knew what he was doing no sooner had he taken the oath than vampa treacherously dealt him a crushing blow that sent him reeling to the ground where he lay motionless and unconscious then the chief again threw himself upon the soil springing up once more to face esperance the latter aimed a pistol at him but he whirled it from his hand then the young man struck fiercely at him but vampa dodged the blow and his adversary fell forward from his own impetus on a thick growth of moss beside massetti's prostrate form taking prompt advantage of his opportunity the chief secured possession of the yet unconscious annunziata and this time succeeded in bearing her in triumph to a hut he had provided for her reception peppino then proceeded to relate what the reader has already learned from annunziata's pitiful recital to madame de racogna in the refuge at civita vecchia when he had concluded he glanced at his auditor and said are you satisfied signor count i am answered monte cristo in a hoarse voice that sounded strangely unlike his own you have fully earned the freedom of yourself and your comrade beppo the tale of black iniquity you have so vividly told me might seem improbable in other ears but to me it bears the impress of truth one point however is obscure i cannot imagine in what manner you learned the particulars of certain events in your narrative events which you could not have witnessed with your own eyes enlighten me on this point willingly answered peppino without the slightest hesitation i learned the details you speak of partly from vampa himself and partly from old solara the twain compared notes after the latter had openly joined the bandits and i took good care to overhear their conversation monte cristo had arisen and now paced the cell for several moments plunged in deep thought his brow was cloudy and dark but his eyes sparkled fiercely and his hands were clenched so tightly that his nails left red marks in his flesh the italian still sitting on the edge of his bed watched him narrowly not knowing what to make of his preoccupation and agitated by a vague fear lest he might refuse to fulfil his promise at length monte cristo appeared to have solved the knotty problem that had perplexed him and to have arrived at a decision he came in front of the italian halted and gazing steadfastly at him said my good fellow i have as you know obtained freedom for yourself and beppo by pledging my word to the procureur de la république that both of you shall at once quit the country on your side you have done as you agreed and i am now about to execute my part of the bargain 
peppino's countenance assumed an expression of the utmost delight all his apprehensions instantly vanished now continued monte cristo impressively i have a proposition to make to you you can be exceedingly useful to me if you will and at the same time acquire a large sum of money honestly and honourably the italian's eyes glittered with pleasure name your proposition signor count he said enthusiastically i accept it in advance but is beppo included in it he is answered the count the revelations you have made to me have decided me to go to rome at once i shall take my daughter with me as well as my nubian servant ali i desire you and beppo to enter my service and accompany me humanity demands that i use all my influence to right the unfortunate viscount massetti and i wish you to aid me in the work i will do as you desire signor count said the italian and i will promise that beppo shall also comply with your wishes very well rejoined monte cristo it is understood and agreed upon one condition however i must exact you and beppo must hold no communication with luigi vampa or any of his band at least not until i so direct the condition shall be scrupulously observed signor count while in your service your commands shall be our only law it is sufficient now i am going to set you and beppo at liberty you will at once accompany me to my residence and there the preparations for our departure will immediately be made we shall start for rome to-morrow as your excellency pleases said the italian monte cristo summoned the gardien on duty at the post directing him to produce beppo and soon the count and the italians were seated in the former's barouche and being rapidly driven by ali towards the mansion on the rue du helder no sooner had they arrived at their destination than the count giving the new additions to his retinue into the charge of the faithful nubian repaired to his study summoning zuleika to him the girl hastened to obey the summons and the sight of her father's pale stern countenance instantly told her that something very unusual and important had taken place my child said the count taking her tenderly in his arms and gazing fondly into her upturned anxious face i have to-day received some very startling intelligence zuleika's heart beat wildly at this announcement she felt convinced that the very startling intelligence concerned her unfortunate long silent lover father said she in a tremulous voice have you received word from the viscount massetti no my child answered monte cristo but tidings of the gravest nature relating to him have been imparted to me tidings of the gravest nature father is it possible that he is dead as she uttered the last words the poor girl burst into a flood of tears no my child replied the count young massetti is not dead has he succeeded in clearing himself of that terrible charge the girl asked trembling with anxiety alas no but he is innocent zuleika as innocent of the dreadful crime imputed to him as the babe unborn of that you can rest assured for the proof of his innocence is in my hands zuleika gave a wild cry of joy and flung her arms about her father's neck 
calm yourself my child resumed monte cristo all will yet be well i start for rome to-morrow with ali and two of giovanni's friends be ready to accompany me zuleika's ecstasy was almost beyond bounds but alas she did not know that giovanni's mind had been overthrown by the shame and disgrace that had been heaped upon him End of chapter eighteen